Hello everybody, I'm Katie Knight and welcome back to Can You Put Me On Guest List. Hope everybody's well out there, hope you're all good. I have a very interesting and insightful show for you guys today. This week we are going to be talking about sustainability within the dance music industry with artist, producer and entrepreneur Sam Felt who holds climate change and sustainability very close to his heart. Sam works really, really hard at promoting a more sustainable lifestyle and his mission is a common thread across all of the Heartfelt business chain, Heartfelt Radio, Heartfelt Events and now Heartfelt Records, which he recently launched. So in this next episode, we'll be talking about how all of his businesses work together towards sustainable living globally, the biggest changes that need to be made to allow the dance music industry to grow in a more sustainable way, how clubs, festivals, artists, and of course, party goers can all do their bit and about Plastic Promise, a Dutch platform that allows pioneers to share their knowledge and ambitions to reduce the event industry's use of single-use plastic. This was, as I just said, a really, really interesting chat. I personally feel like I've learned a lot from this and I'm really happy to have Sam on the podcast to share all of his knowledge with all of you guys too in the hope that together we can work towards a much more sustainable environment. So I'm going to leave all of the links to his businesses in the podcast description. So you can click on that and check out everything that he's working on and his projects and see how you can how you can help too. And it would be great if you did share the podcast to help raise awareness. And here's the show. This is Sam Felt on Can You Put Me on Guest List. Sam, hello. How are you? Hey, what's up? Yeah, I'm, I'm great. I'm here in Amsterdam. Uh, obviously, also, uh, well, still kind of quarantining. Not really anymore. The lockdown's kind of been lifted here. Things are opening up again. Uh, but yeah, I'm still in my house, which is weird because normally I, I travel to a different city every single day. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. But is it also nice for you to have this break and this pause and to kind of be able to do things that you probably normally wouldn't have the time to do or would you just rather be out on the road well physically and mentally it's great you know having that opportunity to actually sleep a little bit more having that full eight hours of sleep um, also spending the time and, and putting focus into the projects that need focus the things like finishing music things like my my label heartfelt records and uh, the heartfelt foundation i've got a few other businesses that i that i co-own so it's yeah, I don't know, like all these things that are usually on second place now begin first place, um, which kind of shifted my, my priorities. But it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's nice. I just miss the touring. I miss, miss playing. I miss DJing, the traveling. Yeah, um, but yeah, hopefully uh, end of the year that will start to, to pick up a little bit again. Yeah. So it doesn't really sound like you've been having a lot of relaxing time. It sounds like you've been really busy. No, I've, uh, you, you see those gold and platinum uh, records on the wall? I that do. wall is still way too empty. <laughs> so I, I've got some work to do. <laughs> Love that. Great answer. So I'm really excited to talk to you today because you hold climate change and sustainability very close to your heart. And you do a lot as an artist and also through all of your heartfelt businesses to teach and give more information about environmental issues the world faces and what changes every individual can make in their lifestyle. So I think a good starting point would be to talk about 
the point in your life that made you realize that we obviously do have a really big problem and changes do need to be made to to work towards a more sustainable planet and these changes need to be made very very quickly and what were your first steps well as a young young boy i was brought up by two hippies so i was raised a vegetarian they were you know growing their own produce in the in the garden and i, I lived quite consciously growing up um, and then when i became a dj started flying all over the world you know touring uh, playing all these shows not always eating healthily and sustainably and uh, i realized about three years ago that my lifestyle that i was living wasn't sustainable but it was also not in line with with my values and the way that i was brought up in so i started the heartfelt foundation uh, to become a platform for sustainability in the events and entertainment industry um first started uh, changing things in my own life like uh, you know plastic free rider trading my car offsetting my uh, my carbon emissions eating less meat uh, and then uh, we developed uh, together with the foundation uh, a model called the give to inspire empower model uh, to kind of serve as a blueprint for uh, other influencers in our, our industry. So that's kind of like, like the journey we've been on from, you know, me being born, getting raised until now. Yeah. I mean, I guess for you as well, if you were raised as a vegetarian, how have you found that as a touring artist? Because I've spoken to other touring artists before that are vegetarian or vegan or just follow a very healthy diet and obviously when you're constantly on the road that can be very difficult to follow so how have you found that it's super difficult you know you're you're really really dependent on whatever the offering is at airports uh, and even worse airplanes um, and you know you just need to eat sometimes it's it's 4 a.m in the morning you haven't slept for, for for two days you're hungry as hell you know, uh, just to sell it more and do it. So uh, it really depends on what countries you tour in. So you could also be touring in, if you go to the airport in LA or in Ibiza, it's even, you know, it's, it's, it's great to have a great vegan and vegetarian offering, uh, but you also go to countries and cities where it's just not there, you know, and you still need to eat. So it's definitely uh, something that I've been struggling with. I'm not a vegetarian anymore, um, but I, I do, uh, I do uh, pay attention to the amount of meat I eat and the quality and the way it's been produced. So, um, yeah, it, it's really hard to become strictly vegan or vegetarian while touring so much. Yeah, yeah. As you just said before, um, even I found that sometimes at like 4 a.m. if I'm working somewhere and I'm like, how am I going to find something good to eat yeah, right now? Yeah. Sometimes you're at a really small airport and the only thing that they have is this little cafe that sells ham sandwiches. <laughs> that's, that's it. And, and they're, they're not even good. So it's not like you're enjoying eating shit food, but it's just, yeah, it's, it's the only thing they have. Tuna sandwich with soggy cucumber yeah. in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100%. So as we were just saying before, the last few months has seen the world come to a pause I think that's the best way to to describe it but also being a great time for us to really think as a community about any changes or adjustments that need to be made in the industry and start working on those changes for when things start to normalize again what do you think are the biggest changes or adjustments that need to be made to allow the dance music industry to grow in a more sustainable way well, I think obviously you've got the, the listening part and the events part. I think the, the biggest polluter here is obviously touring. 
so I think we need to do that more logically and sustainably. Um, I think all the shareholders in the whole industry have a responsibility. So not only the artists, not only the managers, but also, for example, the agents, you know, planning tours better uh, so that flying time is reduced and, uh, and the pollution is minimized. Um, but also things like uh, taking alternative modes of transport, like a tour bus or the train instead of, of flying everywhere. Um, and at the very least, I think as an artist, uh, you can offset your touring emissions uh, from flights or just go even further and double down on it, uh, offset the whole tour, offset production, and also look at alternatives. You know, like there's so many polluting parts of our industry. Uh, things like how do you power the festival? Are you using green energy? Are you using hard cups? Um, I even have water-based CO2 cannons nowadays that don't emit CO2, but just uh, hydrogen. Uh, self-dissolving confetti. Um, also look at FMB, so your food vendors, th- uh, trash disposal. Um, how are people getting to and from the festival? Uh, there are so many things that we can, you know, now we have the time, now we have the pause, now we have, now we have that, that, that time this summer to really think of how have we been doing, kind of a reflection moment. And there's so many aspects that we could definitely improve, and I think we're already improving them. Yeah. Do you think as well that part of the problem is the lack of knowledge and education on environmental issues? I think it's more about caring. Like the, the knowledge is there. Uh, if you go online and you, you just Google, what can I do to make my festival more sustainable? There's tons of ways. There's, there's plans, there's organizations like Green Events. Uh, there's uh, uh, initiatives like you know, the Plastic Promise, uh, Plastic Soup Foundation. There's so many, there's so many info, so much information out there that I think it's more about caring and, and really putting the time, money and effort into making the right choices than not having access to information. Because now with the internet, you have everything, you have everything that you need at your fingertips. Um, it's just sometimes the easy choice. It's not the, uh, well, the, you have to make hard choices in order to make the correct one. Yeah. Sometimes the convenient choice isn't the right choice. Yeah. So your mission is a common thread across the whole Heartfelt business chain, Heartfelt Radio, Heartfelt Events, and now Heartfelt Records. Can you explain what each business does to work towards sustainable living globally and how listeners can support the projects? So uh, the Heartfelt brands, they all work in synergy, uh, which means that if one of them grows bigger, it impacts the whole ecosystem in you know a beneficial circular way. So for example, uh, an artist releases a track on Heartfelt Records. Uh, from Heartfelt Records, 1% of all royalties gets donated to the Heartfelt Foundation. Heartfelt Foundation supports green projects. Um, because uh, it's a Heartfelt artist, the track gets played on Heartfelt Radio. Uh, because it gets played there, hundreds of thousands of people listen to it, um, which then increases the royalties, increases the, the, the donation to the Heartfelt Foundation. Then the artist grows bigger. We book him on one of the sustainable heartfelt events. You know that in turn generates awareness around how can I do a sustainable event under fans, promoters, artists, uh, and and maybe after uh, an artist is released with two, three, four tracks on the label, he starts realizing, hey, I'm part of this movement, and he himself becomes an ambassador of the Heartfelt Foundation, and also starts uh, generating awareness and, and change uh, in his own fan base. So it's it's kind of like uh, every step of the way, you know, whether it's a release, whether it's an event that we throw, whether it's an episode of our radio show, we always make sure that it benefits the whole ecosystem 
and it makes uh, makes an impact. Uh, uh, and and that, that sounds maybe weird. How can a radio show make an impact on uh, on the Hartford Foundation? But for example, in every radio show, we talk about uh, what the foundation does. You know what. Uh, how listening to one of our, uh, for example, we're building a forest in, in, in Costa Rica with the, the money from stream from my latest single wow. and stuff like that. You know, t- so, so telling stuff like that in the radio show and, and making people aware of what you can do is I think the biggest, uh, the biggest purpose. Yeah. That's amazing. I love so, how all of your businesses are, are so connected. Kind of linked. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool. I, closely follow the Bye Bye Plastic Foundation, which for listeners that don't know is an initiative by Blondish to remove single use plastic from the music industry. And they're they're doing a fantastic job. How can festival or club owners contribute to a more sustainable environment? And also what can the people that attend these events do? I know there's a lot, but if you could just give us a few ideas. Yeah, there's so much. I think, like I said, it's all about the choices you make. So um aspects uh, for example food and beverage uh, artists and fan transport energy uh, waste water um yeah it's it's if you if you really think about it if you spend the time to just google for you know 30 minutes on on topics like like green energy you'll find tons of, of alternative for diesel generators you know if you find if you if you spend an hour uh, uh, Googling local food and beverage uh, suppliers that are actually sustainable and care about uh, the sustainability and, and the environment, you'll be able to find them. If you just if you just spend the time as a as a festival or club owner to uh, to research those different subjects that might be either sustainable or, or a polluter, um, you'll find the right choices. It's just it's just about caring uh, caring enough. And I think for well, festival goers, it's yeah, you can also do a lot. You can bring your own bottle. You, you, you say no to plastic bags, carpool, public transport. Uh, don't print your ticket if you don't need to print your tickets. Uh, show it on your phone. Uh, clean up your trash. Don't, don't throw shit on the ground or at the festival. Um, also, also supporting the festivals that are doing well, I think, is, is, uh, is a big thing that you can do. You know, really researching the festival that you're attending and see if they uh, they match your values that you want to support. I think it's important as well for clubs and festivals especially to use their voices as much as they can and to tell people, educate people on what they can do to contribute to a more sustainable environment. And I was actually having this conversation with somebody the other day. Here in Ibiza, the big clubs, Ushuaia, High, Amnesia, they have such a big following. So many people go to the clubs every single year and I just feel like they should use their voice and platform a lot more to ultimately teach and educate people and to to raise awareness. Yeah, 100%. I think that goes both ways. So the, the visitors can also demand clubs and festivals to go green and to, you know, make the right choices. You know, you have, you have so much power as a consumer, as a visitor. Uh, you have the choice where to spend your money, you know, and that's that's such a powerful decision that you can make on a daily basis. And also when you plan your your festival summer, you know, and then if the clubs and festivals start realizing that they need to be more sustainable in order to attract your uh, 
your uh, your attention and, and and your money to be to be very fair um, they will do it you know in the end it's uh, it's an industry so they need to make money and if they can't make money anymore because people aren't showing up anymore because they're not making the right choices I think that's a very powerful signal but yeah they do have a uh, like like the artists, uh, like the whole everybody in the industry, they have a uh, responsibility to educate the crowds as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And what about yourself as an artist? I know you mentioned a few things at the beginning of the podcast, but what are the biggest eco-friendly changes that that you've made? Yeah, so so with the Heartfelt Foundation, we work based on a gift to inspire and empower model, and I'll. Well, quickly tell you what that kind of means, and I give you a few examples as well. So, GIF stands for giving, obviously, uh, which means raising money for a good cause. So, for example, what I like I said, I, I'm donating one percent of my uh, my royalties of the Heartfelt Foundation to a good cause. Uh, I uh, did a, an event during last year's ADE, of which all the money uh, that was raised uh, was actually donations. So, all the ticket prices were a donation and all the money went to uh, building a forest also in Costa Rica. Um, well, do is, is, is showing people that you changing as well. So things like uh, implementing a plastic free rider, um, uh, or for example, using a carpooling to get to shows and then documenting that on, on social media and stuff like that. Inspiring is using your reach. So, uh, for example, I have often many photos of Instagram. I go on, well, podcasts like these. I go on national TV here in the Netherlands, and I talk about what I do to hopefully inspire other people to do the same or at least look critically at their own lives. So I think that's one, one big thing that influencers like myself can do. And Empower stands for empowering businesses that are already doing well. So getting uh, booked at and supporting the right festivals, the right companies, the right, you know, uh, uh, food and beverage uh, suppliers put them on your rider instead of you know the, the the companies that are not doing so well. Uh, I went to Uganda, for example, to raise awareness uh, and also support some uh, decarbonization uh, projects there. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff that we do, and I think by following that model, you make it kind of holistic in a way. So it's not just just donating or you just uh, sending people what to do. Uh, but you actually live up to uh, to your vision yourself as well. Do you find that from sharing on social media the way that you live and the changes that can be made to anybody's lifestyle, do you find that you do get a lot of people asking you about what changes they can make and how they can do that? Yeah, work? so if for I, I see it a lot under my fans. I see it a lot under organizers. Uh, I, I would love to see a little bit more under artists. So I have not gotten a lot of uh, questions or feedback from the artist community. So I get asked every year to, you know, speak at ADE Green, you know, and be an ambassador of the Plastic Promise. And, you know, uh, even Ultra and Coachella asked me to, 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 to host something there. So it's, they're, they're definitely paying attention and, and that's great. But I think, you know, artists themselves could, could definitely pay a little bit more attention to what's happening and how they can contribute. Yeah, I guess it kind of goes back to what we were saying before about using their voices and the platform that they have to shout even louder. Yeah, and, and also, and also the, the fans. If, if an artist tells a fan something, they immediately think it's true, you know, and they will pay attention. If, if a separate company tells you to do something, you'll say, yeah, why, why, should, I, why should I do it? I, I don't trust you. You know, as a fan, you trust the artist. So they have the most 
a sincere and powerful connection with the fans and they, they can actually inspire change in their fan base the best. Exactly. You have traveled and played all over the world. Which countries do you think have the best approach towards sustainability in the events industry? And what should other countries learn from these countries? Um, that's a difficult one. Well, I guess every country has different environmental issues and, and, and focal points. But I think in general, uh, Scandinavian countries do really well. Uh, Switzerland, um, but also the Netherlands. You know, you see uh, events like ADE Green taking place here. The Plastic Promise uh, being an initiative from the Netherlands. The festivals like Digital uh, who are uh, on the road to becoming completely circular. Uh, these are the real innovators, and I think you mostly see them in Europe for now. Um, I think the U.S. is following along, uh, and they're, they're really trying. You see, for example, Ultra really making an effort uh, to become more sustainable as well. Asia, I think, is still a little bit behind, but um, yeah, that's kind of globally how I, how I see it. So I think we're here at the forefront in, 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 the, in, in Europe. You mentioned before that you're also an ambassador of Plastic Promise, which is a Dutch platform that allows pioneers to share their knowledge and ambitions to reduce the event industry's use of single-use plastic and to recycle the remaining disposables in the most sustainable way possible. Can you tell us a little bit more about this project? Yeah, I think it's, it's a little bit, you can compare it to like a knowledge base. So uh, it's, it's companies trying different things, seeing what works, what doesn't work, and then sharing it. And I think that's great because other companies, events organizers, uh, management agencies, they can learn from it and adopt uh, the best practices. And it's also great because it holds the participants of the, the plastic problems accountable. You know, they literally have to make the promise to the government uh, on how they will in, improve their, uh, their plastic consumption. So... I think it's great we have it in the Netherlands. I'm really proud to be an ambassador of, of the project. And, you know, uh, last ADE uh, was, uh, was the first time we actually looked back on it. You know, that was the first year anniversary. And there were already a lot of, there was already too much to be, be, be told and shared to fit in, in the time that we had at the, at the conference. So I think it really, it's really helpful for, uh, for the industry. That's really cool as well, what you said about it being a platform for people to share things that haven't worked because I think nowadays all of the information is about what does work and do this and do that that's the right thing to do but nobody ever really talks about what doesn't work and, and that's important information no, I'm, 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 I'm a big fan of like the 80 20 rule you know do what works and don't spend time doing the things that you think work or look cool but actually have no impact and I think you know, right now we need we need to do the things that have the biggest efficiency, the biggest improvement. Because, like you said at the beginning of the of the podcast, we don't have an awful lot of time, so we can't waste our time on you know spending spending our time on uh, on doing the things that we might be good for the environment, but actually have little to no impact. So, yeah, that's that's hundred percent true. Yeah. And my final question for you today is totally off topic. It has nothing to do with what we're talking about right now, but I ask all of my guests at the end of, of the podcast. So my question for you, because the podcast is called Can You Put Me On Guest List? Do you have a guest list rule? <laughs> um, 
I think I think for my guest guest list, the same rule applies as the uh, the rule that I follow in life is be a good person. Um, I don't like shitty people on my guest list. I don't like people on my guest list that are um, causing trouble, you know. But no, definitely like be a good person. Like I uh, and I also love to put people on the guest list that I think you know they kind of deserve it. So for example, uh, uh, well, my my mom, she we can really look forward to. You know, she's a, she's a hippie, like I said at the beginning. So she can really look forward to, uh, you know, spending time at a festival. So sometimes I, I just fly her into Ibiza and, and put her on the guest list. So it's, it's for me, it's like this little treat that I can give people that um, that I respect and, and I think are, are, are that have deserved it in, in a way. And it's for me, it's free to give. So it's, that's always nice. Yeah. Yeah, but you can definitely be on the guest list. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I think that's one of the nicest answers I've had to that question. And I totally yeah. agree with you. If you're a nice person, nice things will happen to you. And 100%. you deserve good things if you're a good person. So, yeah, totally agree with you. Sam, thank you so, so much. Thank you for your time. Thank you for everything you do. Thank you for sharing your knowledge and experiences with me and everybody that's listening to the podcast and I hope that everybody takes something from this from this chat 100% well it's been my uh, my pleasure and my honor to be on the show and uh, well thank you cheers hope to see you now visa this summer yeah me too I'm sure you'll you'll be over here soon I'm feeling positive that things will start start to pick up eventually we'll see fingers crossed thank you thanks Bye,